0: Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Everybody's returning for their second time in at least just a couple of weeks. Anthony, how you doing this evening? Good, Brian. How you doing? I am doing well. I'm getting tired as the day goes by. I'm going to be honest. Alex, how are you today? Yeah, same. It must be something in the wind, in the air. I'm, I'm getting very tired as well. <laughs> I think it's called January. I'm just pretty yeah. sure what it's called. And Jalen, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me
0: want to thank Alex for jumping in on a fairly short notice. Kara was going to join us this evening, but she's feeling a little bit under the weather. So she decided to to take the night off. She's going to try and jump in the comments as well. We have Facebook user here. Facebook user, if you see in the comments above you, there's a link that says StreamYard.com backslash Facebook. Go there. Give them permission so we can see who we're talking to. Main MudRunner is here. We are talking Shang-Chi tonight. I'll explain why it took us so long later on. Uh, it was a little bit of just a, a perfect storm of of just everything, but he's got to go to bed. We got to get into it. Hello, son. Hi, Dad. How you doing? Good. Good. So we're going to talk about two things tonight. First, we're going to talk about the trailer that dropped just after Earth's Mighty Sweetos last Monday which was for Moon Knight. What do you think of Moon Knight?
1: I think it's going
0: to be a cool show. You think it's going to keep you up at night? No. Give you nightmares? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. Uh-huh. We saw the new mutants together. That kept you up at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, because it was so bad. Was that <laughs> like- uh, what, do you, what did you think was the coolest thing in the Moon Knight trailer?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: His suit's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh i can't get over him jumping off the roof to create the disney plus logo i love that uh and then our main topic tonight we are talking about shang chi and the legend of the ten rings what did you think of that movie called shang chi and the legend of the ten rings
2: i really like that movie
0: who's your favorite character mm,
2: shang
0: chi Shang-Chi? yeah what about morris
2: he's
0: awesome yeah you like morris Trevor? <laughs> yeah so if you could pick anything that you know marvel is making for Shang-Chi to show up in next. What do you want him to what do you want to see him in? He'd be fun to team up with like Spider-Man maybe? Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, that'd be all right. But you like Shang-Chi? Yeah, I do. Do you like Shang-Chi better than you did Spider-Man No Way Home? Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks, man. You're welcome Dad. All right, see ya. Yeah. All right. That is the world according to Jax. So, yeah, long story short, We weren't sure how to approach spoiler reviews on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos quite when everything happened. When Black Widow came out, we did a Thursday night podcast only review that we dropped that did fairly well from a from a podcast number standpoint. But we love our our live audience here. So we like to do that. So then when Eternals came out, we did it that Monday after Shang-Chi dropped in the middle of the What If run now you could have just simply said hey take a week off of what if because that's what Anthony would have said um, <laughs> <laughs> a week. A week off of what if to discuss Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings now it's on Disney plus most everybody if you wanted to see it you've definitely seen it by now so it'll be fun to kind of reflect on to reflect on this on this movie movie now so that's why we're getting into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings tonight Anthony is very excited to for Mark to see him Kevin <laughs> here allison hello allison justin is here kara is alive and well thanking alex for taking her spot justin's here kevin Dwayne says what's up kara says she's very frozen so that works out patrick's here he said he what he was sad there wasn't a live see that's why we need to do these live streams so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk shang chi and legend of the ten rings but before we do that we have to discuss moon knight which is dropping on Disney plus March 30th. Rumors are that it's going to drop two episodes on March 30th. That has not been officially confirmed. However, with a six episode run, if it dropped on March 30th with only one, then it would run to May the 4th, which doesn't make a ton of sense from a Disney marketing star Wars standpoint. So I would expect it to premiere with two episodes on March 30th. So it's fully wrapped up by April 27th. Anthony, Overall, what were your thoughts of the Moon Knight trailer? Are you excited for this show? I'm very excited for the show. I did not need a trailer to make me even more excited for it. Yeah, it uh, it looks pretty incredible. Now, Jalen, I I, I, I kind of miss Kara tonight because I think Kara was going to be like, absolutely not, not watching it. Jalen, horror films, those are your those are right up your alley. So I would assume Moon Knight is at least speaking your language a little bit.
1: Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, it looks spooky and dark and I'm really excited for it. I have no idea what Moon Knight is about so I'm ready to to learn more about him.
0: So Alex can you help out Jalen and our audience? We do have Stephen Grant is one personality of Oscar Isaac's character and then Mark Spector and we are being we've been alive long enough that the Motorola Razor is an ancient artifact now and you're pulling out of some sort of pyramid which made me feel like super super old Alex we got at least two or three personalities in play what's going on there with Moon Knight
3: yeah so Mark's this first off I'm so excited for the show Moon Knight is like is one of my favorite guys Uh, I haven't read a lot of old stuff from him which I kind of started but I read a lot of his recent stuff which is how I became a fan and yeah so he's got uh well so he's got Mark Spector Jake, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember the last name, Jake Longley, maybe, and then uh, Stephen Grant are the three personalities that he has in there. There's other comic runs where he's had other types of personalities, and I won't spoil it, but like Brian Michael Bendis' run is really cool in the personalities that they chose. But th- I, I think they hit it perfectly because he g- goes, it seems like he's going by Stephen in the trailer. And that's kind of like the, you know, he's got like a little bit of a British accent. A British Uh, British cab driver person, Exactly. And so it sounds exactly like I pictured him when he's the cab driver guy. And uh, so it's very cool. They, uh, the personalities are awesome. I really hope they dive into them more so. It seems like they will though.
0: The Blurred Hulk from the Marvel tribe over at Walt's apartment is here. He says, it looks like the darkest thing Disney plus has done yet. I think that is I think that's a safe bet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to go dark for a little bit because Multiverse of Madness isn't exactly going to not be dark. Kara can confirm Moon Knight is not for her. She can't even be bothered to spell it correctly. So that works out. Um, Kevin says he can't wait for the Mr. Knight persona as well. So he's kind of like Batman to an extent, except Batman dresses in dark because he doesn't want to see his enemies to see him coming and Moon Knight dresses in white because he doesn't give a crap if you see him coming or not because he's gonna he's gonna beat you anyway Alex I'm gonna pull this up here we got a good screenshot from the trailer that's a Khonshu what do we need to know about the Khonshu anything yeah so
3: a Khonshu is the Egyptian god that resurrected again it's a very interesting story and I don't, we'll see how Disney decides to go with it in terms of Uh, Mark Spector was a um, kind of like a soldier for hire, a mercenary after he was in the Marines, I believe. And he was on a mission or something. He basically died in Egypt. And Khonshu came to him and said, like, I'll bring you back to life, but you're going to serve me as my fist. And uh, throughout the stories, though, there's a question of whether that actually happened and like, is he, you know, possessed by this God or is he just absolutely psychotic? And so that's something that I hope they really lean into, because like Kevin was saying, you know, Mr. uh, Mr. Knight's another one uh, as well. There's just so many different he really he will like break apart his personality. There's a really uh, I won't spoil any of it, but there's a lot of really cool things that they can do with this to make it insane.
0: Anthony, you were on with us last week prior to seeing the trailer. How excited you were to see Ethan Hawke! He sure, seems to be, he sure seems to be living up to the to the billing of what we're expecting from from a villain played by Ethan Hawke.
2: Yeah, he looks like he's going to be great. He uh, he gives me. Um, did any of you guys watch the the following with Kevin Bacon?
3: Mm-hmm. I Purefoy
2: I mean. was on it. He uh, he almost looks like a uh, character that uh, Purefoy plays. He he just looks like a like a religious cult leader, and. It's weird because I'm getting like Kevin Bacon vibes from Ethan Hawke with the long hair, and it it looks like it's going to be good. I know he said he was a little hesitant to play a villain in the MCU, but I think he's going to knock it out of the park.
0: Uh, Is he part of the Avengers? I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. He could be. (laughs) We do get this great shot of him kind of suiting up from there, and then just this view. This view had leaked several weeks ago, several months ago at this point. The – the costume looks absolutely fantastic. Jalen, do you have anything we haven't touched on from the Moon Knight trailer that you want to make sure we we touch on?
1: Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, I like that we got the costume reveal in the trailer because all the other shows we've gotten, like, the costume reveal on, like, the last episode.
0: But they've all been, like, returning MCU characters. Mm-hmm. This is kind of our first one where we're introducing a whole brand new person. Like, Sylvie is obviously a little different, but... Yeah, the costume, the costume is sweet. And like I said, I can't get over the him jumping off a rooftop creating the Disney Plus logo. I think it's awesome. I didn't think anything would ever top the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the shield creating the Disney Plus logo. But I think this is just as good. I love it. All right. So we are going to get into talking about Shang-Chi now. So overall, Jalen, we'll start with you. This movie has a very special place in a lot of people's hearts for a myriad of reasons. But this one, I mean, Simu Lu has been very vocal of the existence of Shang-Chi, thanking uh, Chadwick Bozeman and Black Panther and Ryan Coogler and everybody involved with that film, saying that Shang-Chi has existence because of, because of Black Panther. And Jalen, I know this was something that really stood out to you, what were your expectations for Shang-Chi before we got a movie that you absolutely love just like the rest of us?
1: I mean, I had high expectations. I mean, I love Simo Lu. I loved him in Kim's Convenience. I thought he was hilarious, and so I was excited for him to be in the MCU and to get that leading role um, and to not just be like a background character to start. Um, and I I liked his origin story of this you know it's probably my favorite origin story um that we've gotten so far um and it's definitely one of my favorite marvel movies it's probably in my top five it's so good
0: Ooh, top five top five (laughs) that's high that's very very high
1: i love (laughs) it it's so good the action's great the costumes just every the comedy just it's just perfect
0: We've become accustomed to going character by character on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, which we're going to do for the most part tonight, but we have to break down some of those action scenes, including the scaffolding and the bus mm-hmm. fight. Alex, where does Shang-Chi rank for you? Is it also near the top five? Is it? It's definitely up? high up there. I, uh, I'd i have to double check in,
3: in real time where it lands on the list. My, my list is ever changing, and it's a struggle to kind of pin it down. I will say for 2021, it was my number four movie of the year. Uh, so it, it was pretty high up there, but no, I, I love this movie. I have it at uh, I've number seven right now. That's, so that's basically right up high. there with Jalen. So uh, yeah, no, I absolutely love this movie expectation wise going into it. I tried to have no expectations just because I I've read a few things of his from the comics and a lot of his stuff that was very problematic in the comics and so I knew that Marvel and they'd said it too, of like, we're going to be making a lot of changes. And so I was like, okay, I'll just go in fresh faced. I don't want to even have any comparison. And, and I think that's what helped a lot of it. It, it blew me away.
0: Made Munrunner says might be top five there too. Yeah. I think we all, Alex, did you get a chance to see it early? I know. Anthony... No,
3: I, I missed, I missed out on that. Anthony was going to hook me up on that or I guess he, he was willing to hook me up. I wasn't able to, at the time we had a little bit of mismatch with
0: our travels.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot you were
0: here for that.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I was literally it was crazy. I was in St. Louis at the same time, but our just schedules didn't work.
0: Blurred Hulk has it at number seven. Kara says four to seven for her. Like it's it's ranking up in the top seven for just about everybody. Anthony, is it that high for you as well? Um it's top ten. I would say it's probably
2: closer to nine or ten for me. Yeah. But I, I don't like to rank things as far as the list goes, but i uh I share a lot of the same sentiments as Alex is like I tried not to have any expectations. I didn't know anything about this movie other than what I had seen from the trailers and overall, I mean this movie was just a lot of fun.
0: Justin Grant doing the work for me. Where would you rank Sean Shee let us know it's 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 t- sorry it's top ten for me um i i again it's very, very hard to rank these these films I mean. I have four favorite MCU five favorite MCU films and on any any given day between Infinity War endgame Spider-Man no way home uh Captain America the Winter Soldier uh Guardians of the Galaxy like that's the thing is like you're putting it up with some stiff stiff competition Mm -hmm. it's hard for an origin film to really hit that top five top ten area and this one this one did it I have a special relationship with this film because I was actually a test audience for it very early on so I had to keep the Trevor Slattery secret for months and months and months, which is like oh, the hardest yeah, thing ever. I, I, I forgot you saw it back in like 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, I have a very special relationship with this film. I love Trevor Slattery so, so much. Well, I was but then I handled it. <laughs> so the fact that he was back, I loved it. But let's get into talking about character by character. Let's go with the character of Shang-Chi very first. Jalen, you mentioned that uh, you knew Simu Liu from... Kim's Convenience. I didn't watch Kim's Convenience until I wanted to learn more about Simulu after he had been cast as Shang-Chi. Was that the same for you?
1: No, I just randomly found it on Netflix, just scrolling through like I'm bored. Netflix give me something good to watch and <laughs> I the poster looked cool, so I clicked on it and got hooked right away.
0: So, for me the character of Shang-Chi or Sean, change your name from <laughs> Shang to Sean, like <laughs> he He's just he's just cool, like Mm -hmm. even though he's a valet driver, like shout out to the valet drivers out there. No, no disrespect whatsoever, but like he's just cool and he's a good looking dude and everything about him is very, very believable. You could believe that he was a hired assassin from the very beginning. And I think the relationship that he has with one of the most complex character villains in the MCU of his dad and Wu, I think is very interesting. But Alex, really, what with the character of Shang-Chi really stood out to you from the very beginning of the film?
3: Yeah, that was, it, it's almost like a mix between that and his uncoolness in a sense that makes him so cool. Because I, I think it's so perfectly personified in that first opening shot where like, his alarm goes off and he kind of wakes up, but then he just groans and he's like, oh, like he doesn't want to get up, but then he gets up and he starts working out. And it was like, oh, okay, I wouldn't do that second part, but I definitely <laughs> can relate to the first part. And so it's just cool to see like, he's a total badass, but at the same time, he's he feels like an everyman too. So uh, I think that's what I connected with the most was like, he's one of the greatest fighters on the planet, but you wouldn't be able to tell that when you talk to him, because he's like doing karaoke and, and taking his shoes off before he comes inside. So just really
0: cool guy. Yeah. They, and they, they like try to pull the old okey doke on you, where you think he's driving the BMW, BMW. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and, then, and then it's a completely different person that gets out of the vehicle. But Anthony, what, what about the character of Shang-Chi really stood out to you? Cause we've had this discussion many times where you were all in on this movie, five, 10 minutes into it. And it just never, and it just never let up. Yeah. Um,
2: I'm just going to say everything that Alex says pretty much about being the, the every man, <laughs> um, you know, just like, like he was saying, you know, he's professional at work. Like, you know, doesn't want Katie to drive the car cause he's afraid she's going to crash it and, you know, t- doesn't know who Jeff Gordon is. He's like, <laughs> I, trust me, I'm the, I'm the Asian Jeff Gordon. I don't, I don't know what that means. And, you know, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, making terrible decisions late at night, going out drinking, doing karaoke when he has to be up bright and early for work the next morning. And, um, you know, just like he said, exactly nailed it. The, the every man, you know, the has a friend, you know, is respectful to the family and just a, just an overall good guy who's trying to move on from what what childhood he had and then just to
0: move on to put it in the past and be done with it. I like to think of myself as the everyman. If he's the everyman, I do not look like out like I do not look like that without a shirt on. So I will <laughs> will say that right there. Blurt Hulk says Marvel fixed how little they used Sir Ben Kingsley in Iron Man. Iron, yeah, Iron Man 3. Like I I don't know. I think he fits Iron Man 3 perfectly, but yes, he's he's underutilized for how talented Sir Ben Kingsley is and the fact that he's in this film for more than half of it and they kept the whole thing a secret. I think was was what made it was what made it so good. And then having Morris really, really amped that up. Kara says, I like to rank top tier, mid tier, bottom tier rather than specific numbers. That does make it easier until you put everything in the top tier. And then uh, (laughs) I want to know what's in what's in Kara's bottom tier other than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, So let's move on. Let's talk about his. Friend, that is all she is. She doesn't ever become a love interest, at least not within the context of this film. Katie played by Aquafina. It was the year of Aquafina. Like I ha- I have a sh- hard time simply calling her Aquafina just because it's a bottled water, but I mean that is what it is. But I didn't really learn about her until Oceans 8 came around. And now she's been in a ton of stuff. I think she's hilarious in Crazy Rich Asians. She was the voice of Sisu the Dragon in Raya and the Last Dragon. So Uh, we'll start, we'll start again with Jalen. Did the character of Katie work for you? Did Aquafina fit that role? What do you make of her character in this film?
1: I really liked Katie, but I'm also a big fan of Aquafina, So really she can do no wrong for me. Um, But I really liked her. I thought her dynamic with Shang-Chi was perfect. Um, I know I've said it before that I'm a hopeless romantic and I'm all for those love interests, but I'm, 100% happy they did not make Katie and Shang-Chi a love interest in this movie. I'm okay if it happens, you know, somewhere down the road. But right now I'm perfectly fine with them being friends because their friendship is just so pure and funny and wholesome. And they just take care of each other. And I love it.
0: We make a good team. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. So much. And I know that not that's not directed at Shang-Chi. That's simply directed mm-hmm. at the uh, at the garbage truck driver. But still, mm-hmm. Alex, where do you stand with Katie and, and played by Aquafina? And we're obviously going to see her again, considering she pretty much goes everywhere Shang-Chi goes. Yeah, I'll be curious to
3: see. I'm very curious to see how that plays out just in terms of what she's going to be able to bring to the table in some future films. Uh, Aquafina is awesome, and, and you hit some really great highlights I would also call out, uh, and I'm almost positive it's an Amazon movie, but it's definitely on Prime, The Farewell with mm-hmm. Aquafina. Yes, that's really good. Uh, so so like if you love her as a comedian, you will love her in this movie because she does not play a comedian, and she does a really good job of doing that, so you know she's got the acting chops. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought she was great. I, I just like what you guys said. I love that she's not a love interest, and I like that they're leaning more into that in a lot of these shows and movies because you know Hollywood gets into this trope of like, oh, you know, by act two, there's going to be a betrayal that now we have to work through, blah blah blah. And so, you know, to me, the signal was when uh Sean Shang-Chi uh shares everything with Katie and she says, You can explain it on the plane. And then she <laughs> And I just like to that's where the movie would deviate from a regular movie because in the regular movie they would she would have been like, "Oh, we're done. This is over. And then he would have spent the rest of the movie trying to win her back or something. So it just was so cool that she's she's on his level. She's his partner in a sense. And again, very
0: curious to see how that'll play out in the future. Well, and then specifically when when she's because she asks him on the plane over to Macau of, did you go through with it? Did you kill that man that that killed your your mom? And he says, no, he says he didn't do it. And then later in the film, he he basically comes clean and said, "Uh, yeah, I I kind of did do it." And she didn't judge him; she didn't do anything about it, especially having met his dad at that time. Um, Allison says that uh, she's glad they didn't turn this movie into a love story. It's not a love story between Shang Chi and and Katie for sure, but it definitely is a love story between Wenwu and and Shang Chi's mom, um, which really is very very interesting i don't know if redeeming qualities is quite the right word considering you have a man who ruled in fear for a thousand years and then just because he finds love we get to we get to forgive everything we'll talk more about Wen Wu and and everything because when i call him one of the most emotionally complex villains in the mcu i don't do so lightly i think what what tony leung brought to that role was very 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 good i really really like it andrew says she was funny had heard of her before the movie but had never watched any of her stuff going to now though so she or he absolutely loves loves katie as well we learn how capable oh anthony i didn't go to you on katie i'm sorry uh what alex said no i'm kidding um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um what you know i was kind of nervous when aquafina was going to be in it um i do know that she was actually the first person cast for the entire movie she was even cast before Simu Liu was um but because she can sometimes be a little bit over the top and I was kind of afraid that that was going to happen in this, but she, she dialed it back and, and brought just the the right amount of humor. Um, I also love how they had the internal struggle between her and, you know, what she should be doing with her life. You know, she's got, you know, the the stereotypical Asian parents who think, you know, she should be a doctor and, you know, they even had the conversation with their friends and she's just, you know, driving cars and, you know, her friends are like, Yo, when are you going to, you know, just sit down and take your life serious. And, you know she thinks she is she doesn't necessarily have to go out and be what somebody else wants her to be and i think they gave her character another level which kind of replaced the you know love story interest that would typically be there for the female character
0: yeah i really don't care for the the two best friends that they're on constantly out at the bar at of we grew up or or whatever like sure they they didn't grow up she's not exactly living up to her capability considering she was one of the smartest people at uc berkeley but still like Katie's very comfortable in her own skin and that's very, very Mm -hmm. obvious. And I, and I really like that jumping to the end of the film as it relates specifically with Katie, Anthony, I would love to ask you this as did it come too easy that she became the archer that took out the dweller in darkness or are you fine with how that, how that played out?
2: Uh, I mean, it seemed pretty convenient that all of a sudden, you know, she's the Mm -hmm. most capable one there, but it was, it was fine for me. You know, it, it gave her more of a reason to continue on and be in the,
0: the future adventures with Sean. How about you, Alex? Does it still only count as one?
3: <laughs> I uh, I did think on the first few viewings how convenient, but I've tried to do some mental gymnastics as to why maybe there's, maybe there's a little more of the story. Maybe, maybe she's got a knack for archery the same way that like Kate Bishop does. Obviously not as good, but when you think about it too, they're doing a lot of montage work her her training took place over the course of like 2 days and if somebody told you like just a couple of tips i feel like you could pull it off yeah it was a far distance but it's a huge creature so like i'm sure she wasn't aiming first sp- the neck but like i don't know all you got to do is hit it once so and she did
0: you hear that okay. They, okay. you know had said hey there's a
3: second dragon they should have shown her miss that one and then you'd have been like oh okay yeah she got lucky on the first <laughs> Again,
0: we'll find out. You hear that Hawkeye? We only need to spend a couple of days training. You're, you got nothing on, on, <laughs> for sure. Yes. <laughs> Jalen, I'm, I'm honestly fine with it. Like I'm mm-hmm. fine with, with, with convenient storytelling, especially kind of where we're at. I didn't, I didn't need Katie to, I like, I like that Katie played hero. So mm-hmm. like, honestly, I'm okay with it. Do you, are you the same way?
1: Yeah, same, so agree with all of you. And I can't wait for her and Kate Bishop to get together and talk about their archery <laughs> skills. That'll be really entertaining.
0: I want to kill a dragon. <laughs> right? Yeah. Have you killed a dragon? Because I killed one.
1: <laughs> that's exactly how that conversation
0: would <laughs> go. I haven't tried an alien. I'm I'm lame compared to you guys. I uh, I I love I love the character of, of Katie so so much. I, I think she's funny. The funniest part for Katie for me leads us right into the next scene of when they're riding the bus to work and they're talking about the girl that's working on her term paper. <laughs> Look at that girl. That's the girl that my mom wishes I was. Like it's so funny and then it's super unnecessary when Sean uses the laptop to fight Razor Fist that poor girl loses her entire term paper I feel really bad for her but so, okay. fun fact
2: yeah about that uh <laughs> I read that I, some somebody out there found what type of computer that was and found out that the type of computer that it was has like the memory card in both sides of it so she would still be able to recover her paper. All
0: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great news. <laughs> or somebody just completely made that up, and now I've
0: just spewed it all over the internet, but it's fine. Well, if it's on the internet, it's true. That's what I heard. So oh, Andrew he teaches archery during PE classes. It's a very difficult sport, too convenient, but it works fine. So that works out. <laughs> okay, so two days of training may not may not be just enough. But, Anthony, I'm simply going to say, Two words to you, and then I would like you to say whatever comes to your mind. And those two words are the bus fight. I guess that's three words. That, that was such a such a cool and innovative
2: fight to show you just how strong he is. You know, to have a, a fight like that in such close quarters, it's not, you know, it's not an elevator. But, you know, just to, to show off the acrobats of him flying around on all the poles and, you know, flinging into the driver's seat and out the window and onto the roof and jumping around onto the mirror and then into the, the bus from the door. I mean, it just showed everything that this guy can do without much warning or preparation either. You know, he's just sitting there minding his own business until, you know, that guy walks up and says, give me the pendant. And then
0: it just, you know, hits the fan from there. And katie has absolutely no idea that he can fight and then we find out very very quickly that he can fight alex he said it he could he put it on the level of the elevator fight do you put the bus fight on the level of captain america the winter soldier in the elevator captain america's elevator fight compared to this no way.
3: no doesn't even come close this bus fight is probably one of my favorite fights in the mcu
0: uh just because it carries over for a longer distance. Wait, are you uh, saying the bus fight outranks the elevator fight?
3: Yeah, the, the uh, elevator fight. I know well. what
0: we are doing in one of our Earth's Mightiest weirdos later on. Yeah, oh, yeah that sounds <laughs> great. Yeah, no, okay, look, no, no disrespect to the
3: elevator fight. I, I recently watched it, and it's awesome. But when you look at it comparatively, I mean, the whole point, too, in the middle of this bus fight, Katie t- tells him, she says, who are you? And this whole bus fight is essentially your introduction to who he is. So it's it's certain, obviously, the elevator scene serving multiple purposes, too. But it's an absolute banger. You've got an amazing soundtrack that's going on with it. Every time I watch the fight, I'm just like, let's go. But then also, <laughs> I recently watched uh, Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. I've seen oh, it a too. couple of times. And you saw it, Anthony? Yeah, I just watched yeah, it, like two nights it.
2: Um, yeah. if, a nights ago. Yeah, if Kevin McAllister grew up.
3: Yeah, exactly. There's a scene in that movie where he's on the same bus, and the people come into the bus and he fights them, and it is so funny to watch it because it's so different. Because you know, Chang Chi is so much more powerful than that guy is, and just oh, yeah. Like, and it I also t- felt it felt very reminiscent of Jackie Chan too. And I, I think we may talk about that as it goes forward. But they, they pull a lot of Jackie Chan stunts into this movie, and this one's like
0: straight from Police Story, which was I, again just I love this fight. It's so good. I, I hope we get Jackie Chan in some sort of role in the sequel. Uh, I that think that, cool. I, like if we're gonna do fan service, let's let's go all the way for like it. a Talo Elder or something. Yeah, something like anything Jackie Chan. Like I would I would absolutely love it with Chris Tucker maybe as his sidekick. Be- <laughs> yeah. Jalen, what about what about you? I know you you revere the elevator fight as much as I do. So mm-hmm. does it outrank the elevator fight for you?
1: It's it, at least
0: up there. Like it's, it's-
1: up there. It's I don't think it's better just because that elevator fight scene just has such a special place in my heart. That'll be really hard to top. But this is definitely way up there just because it was so good. It was so epic. And I, what made me love the scene even more was watching the assembled episode and watching them film this and just what mm-hmm. all the actors did like themselves in this fight scene. Um, it was just it just made me love the the bus fight scene even more. Was just watching that assembled episode.
0: What might put it above the elevator for me is it's at least twice as long, if not three mm-hmm. times as long. The scene the scene is a very long scene. You have Katie trying to save the bus. Razor Fist is, I mean, he's Drago, so I mean, we we get at least see a little bit more of of him. Is he Drago? Am I miss Am I miss- Yeah, speaking? he's I, Drago. Yeah. Okay, that, yeah, he's 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 Drago from from Creed. Um, but I I think I think Razor Fist is 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 a fun villain, especially when he ends up having to put the dragon scales on his arm later on in the film. They have to work together like his car is just <laughs> beat up. like I just I think Razor Fist is hilarious. But the, the 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 mixture on the bus fight of the slow motion versus the live action, like up to speed mm-hmm. stuff, especially when when he's beating up everybody and then he gives the signal and then he jumps to the front part of the bus. And then you get the guy from from spider-man homecoming that's filming the whole thing like just mm-hmm. narrating and how you doing how you doing i'm not going to try to drive the bus like i think all that <laughs> just puts right into the mcu and i i really really loved it but that's our introduction to the modern day of the ten rings we have no idea what the ten rings want from the pendant but wenwu is firing up the ten rings again and and i've said it before and alex will start with you that wenwu tony Young's character of wenwu We start the film with him and how capable he is with the use of those 10 rings. He simply wants power. Then we go up to 1996 when he meets their mother and he's willing to leave it all behind for her. Was it a convincing enough love story for you to buy into it from there and then what his motivations ended up being throughout the film? Yeah, uh, 100%. I think it,
3: even on rewatches, I mean, I, I felt that on the first viewing, but having that time pass and then it coming on Disney Plus and watching it a couple more times is just, it's probably one of the best love stories in the MCU. So I i mean, I can't poke any holes in it. Like you've got a, a terrible villain who's decided to go straight because of the person that he loves and breaks bad because she dies. Like that that's just so tragic. But at the same time you see you just see his pain in every single scene. And you think about like what could have been had his mom not died. Like he would have been a good dad the whole rest of his life. Like we've never had any more problems. So just so many different what ifs in regards to that. But then also like, I don't know that final scene with him when uh, the monster has him. And I still try to look to see if he smiles at his son, but he doesn't. And he, you know, like when all the, the life force is getting sucked out of him, he still can't even smile, but he physically gives the rings to him too. So it's just, there's,
0: he has so much nuance in the role. It's crazy. Kara wanted to make sure we we sang the praises of Wenwu tonight mm-hmm. since so she couldn't join us. But she's in the comments making sure that we all know how much she loves Wenwu. Jalen, did you did you buy into the love story? Should we just simply forgive Wenwu for all of his past because he now loves their mother, who is kind of the light side of the force, for lack of a better mm-hmm.
1: term? I mean, I, I think so. Um, just the... That like fight that they have when they first meet is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. you can see them like falling in love with each other during that fight, like just the slow motion of them looking at each other. And I and what I love the most about it is how they mimic that at the end with the fight between um him and Shang-Chi, how they do kind of the same things. And that's when he realizes, you know, I need to give these away. This isn't working. I need to. Pass these on to someone who will do good with these ten rings, and I, that's my one wish: is that he didn't die at the end, so that we could see him see Shang Chi using the rings for good and not for what he did with them. That's what I wish we would have gotten.
0: Yeah, I guess I never really thought. I I never really thought of him being selfless enough to give up the rings if he weren't going to be the if he weren't going to die. Like so, I I guess I never really thought about it that way. That would be very interesting to see this was about the only time in the film where i was where i i felt like crouching tiger hidden dragon had a massive influence on the rest of the film the rest of it seemed to be more kung fu level but this was very crouching tiger hidden dragon we've already learned how capable he is with those rings in the first six or seven minutes of the film and now he's being topped by her and she's not even technically in her magical land of talo at that point Mm -hmm. and she's still just super super capable and it really comes full circle, circle when her sister Michelle Yeoh's character later in the film teaches Shang-Chi how how he should fight open fist instead of or open hand instead of a closed fist all of that kind of stuff i thought was was really really great anthony do you share the the sentiment that the rest of us do that wenwu is extremely complex and actually very very interesting for a villain in the mcu
2: yeah very much so cuz i remember you and i spoke right after we saw it about how you know he didn't you know feel inherently bad you know he, you watch it and you're like he was the bad guy like yeah he did bad stuff but then you're like you know he wasn't really like he was but he wasn't so like he you said I mean,
0: tricked yeah
2: yeah just very complex um you know and again what Jalen said even in the um to see it in the assembled episode with this uh this uh the set of that initial fight mm-hmm. was just beautiful all the the green and the scenery and how much of it was actually there not all just cgi <laughs> But uh, one thing that I did find interesting is that this is actually Tony Leung's uh, first American film and English speaking role he's ever had. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Abraham Lincoln told me on the Internet. (laughs) But yeah, because I mean, he's (laughs) just a huge, I mean, a huge actor over in Hong Kong. And that's, you know, a lot of the things that he's done, you know, obviously things like Ip Man and stuff that's made it over here.
0: But yeah, this is his first American film.
1: Debut. Well, he's really good in it, so kudos
0: also, to him. He's also super intimidating, even when you mm-hmm. think he's "quote unquote" gone straight. Like that dinner scene and oh. how comfortable Katie is. <laughs> but the visuals that come of 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 the water coming out of that the, to create the map, like all that kind of stuff, was really really cool. And he he clearly acted like a person who's lived for a thousand years. There was literally nothing that surprised him, even when something like that happens with with her with what he assumes to be their mother speaking to him on how to on how to release her with the with the pendants and getting the map and all that kind of stuff he just there was nothing that surprised him he was very convincing of a man that had lived for a thousand years and the capability of what the Ten Rings had because Shang-Chi and Jiling both thought that they were simply off his radar and he goes you think I really don't know where my kids are like who are you kidding here like I thought that was uh really convincing as well he was a he was a very convincing crime lord for sure. He's um, just got the track my iPhone app. Yeah. <laughs> they should they share
2: location. <laughs> Jay Ling, and,
0: kids, uh, they didn't know. Ling and Shang-Chi do not. Well, we've we meet <laughs> we meet Jiling, his sister, at the fight club that she runs. And is it is it Ronnie Chang? Is that the is that her mm-hmm. right hand yeah. I don't know him that well, but he's hilarious. And so the fact funny. that he's still the right hand man in yeah. the Ten Rings, like I am, I am all for it. The, the fact that we had Wong and Abomination was simply just an Easter egg within this film, and I don't even care that we didn't get any quote-unquote payoff. I just thought it was awesome. But then the fight between Jai Ling and, and Shang-Chi was a lot of fun. Katie won a ton of money because she bet against him. He lost the <laughs> shirt, all that kind of stuff. But they, I mean, we had this entire awesome bus fight that is one of the best fight scenes that we talked about in the MCU. And then he goes and gets his butt handed to him by this girl that we hadn't yet met at this point in time alex i know you're very high on the character of xia ling much higher than i am at least coming out of this film she's growing on me and we're going to talk about the, her post-credit scene in a little bit where that's headed but the character of xia ling and just this entire fight club we don't talk about fight club sequence and the spike face when katie says i love your spike face and the guy says thank you it's the funniest <laughs> thing in the movie to me But yeah so anyway xia ling alex
3: go yeah uh Jai Ling I love her she's amazing she's uh super powerful I think she's really cool one of the reasons I think but not just you know because of Meng'er Zhang as an actress she did such a good job and I think this might have been one of her first roles too but the fact that you know Chong is so good he's such a good fighter and you get bested so quickly by your sister obviously he was going easy on her because he could have ended her he had his fist at her face
0: but he she also all. has some serious resentment and we exactly learned. she's the got it the really. yeah the way they handled the flashbacks in this movie are perfect sorry didn't.
3: Mm-hmm. no no that bit where she walks past him and it goes to the flashback is is so cool but i, I love the fact that her father spent so much time training shang chi and having death dealer train him and all she could do was watch and here she is beating him and running her own empire like what more do you need to know to say there's a, there's a good argument to be made that she is a stronger character than Shang-Chi, that, you know, she did all this on her own. Imagine what she could have gotten if She had some training too, but, um, just everything about her, her costumes were phenomenal. And it's funny because, uh, she really only has two costumes the entire movie. I've noticed she's got the black costume and then she puts on the brand new costume that she gets, but I don't know every scene she's in, I feel like she steals. I, I can't take my eyes off her.
0: Yeah. I, as, as far as it relates to Wong and abomination, we don't know. I mean, we know tim roth has been cast in she-hulk will that play any sort of role in she-hulk we have no we have no idea like but we know abomination is going to come back in some form or fashion just this is what the mcu does best is they give us this little breadcrumb to follow in a future project whether it be next year or 10 years from now we really we really don't know so people that get upset about abomination being included i don't get upset about it whatsoever i know some people were really bummed that they put it in the trailer and then never did anything with it. But Jalen. what about you, the character of Jalyn? Does she, is she convincing enough for you?
1: Yeah, I thought she was a total badass in this. Just how she uses that rope thing to oh yeah, uh, her like little montage with the bamboo, that was super cool. Um, one thing I was gonna say, uh, when I saw the trailer, it didn't even click in my mind that that was his sister. Like I don't even remember if we knew yeah. he had a sister in the trailers. But when she came out in the movie and it was real that was his sister i was just like oh i thought that was just some random woman that he was meeting up with or something but i i liked her i liked her introduction um i like that fight between them because it's you know your typical not your typical brother and sister fight but you know brothers and sisters fight all the time at least i did with my brother so <laughs> um I just I love their dynamic and how he feels guilty for leaving her and how he won't let go of her at the end when she wants him to. When that was happening, I'm like getting flashbacks of Endgame of Natasha falling and I'm like, don't don't let her go. Just hang on forever if you have to. So I'm I'm glad he never he never let go a second time.
3: Do you notice in that scene, too, that he gives her some of the rings?
1: hmm I, I thought that was like, cool. I did like... like,
3: the fourth viewing, because yeah, it, like, the like melds their arms together, but, like, mm-hmm. four of them go
0: onto her hand. Yeah. So she kind of got the power, too.
1: Yeah, that was super cool.
0: She does give them back, though, correct?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: He's got possession of all ten rings yes. by the end of the <laughs> book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anthony, Jailene took me a little while. I still would call her one of my least favorite characters of the film that being a very relative term are am I am I alone on this one or is Ling one of your top characters as well
2: no I'm in the same boat with you um, before I go into that uh, I want to echo what Kara said um, Ronnie Chang's Netflix special called uh, Asian comedian destroys America is absolutely hysterical if you guys liked him in this you would love his uh, his Netflix special oh, that's um, a, I speak ABC <laughs> <laughs> also um, in the Fight club in one of the side fights, you can see one of the black widows fighting one of the
0: uh, extremists. Yes. Like test people from um, Iron Man three. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's the, it's the same black widow that ends up being at the compound later at the end of the film in the post-credit scene too, I believe. So that was, mm-hmm. that was just mm-hmm. another little MCU,
2: you know, sprinkling everything into everything. Um, no, Jailene was fine. I mean, you know, I didn't love her. I didn't hate her. I, she was, you know, there for a purpose and i think we're gonna obviously they have much more plans for her to see you know with the end credit scene of her taking over the the whole shebang so whether that becomes a disney plus series or ties into
0: another movie i guess we're gonna find out but another great action sequence from the film Um, and Anthony will stick with you, is that scaffolding fight scene. We get the Hotel California call-out. We get our introduction to Death (laughs) Dealer. We'd already seen Death Dealer in the the flashbacks throughout the film, but now we're seeing how capable the Death Dealer is until he gets his soul taken from him later in the film. But I think the scaffolding fight scene, like honestly, if it weren't for the bus fight, this would be one of the top fight scenes in the MCU again because I think, especially the score that goes along with the scaffolding fight scene, I think that that, that that scene is is really really good the way it's shot like visually the lights behind him with the screens honestly like i i get why it's in macau i wish it was madripoor i really wish that the 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 fight club was in madripoor like i i mean i understand why it's all in macau but anthony the, the scaffolding fight scene did it work for you as much as it did for me
2: Oh yeah. It was awesome. Um, I mean, it definitely made me feel uncoordinated as all of these guys, even Katie are just (laughs) running off these, you know, two by eights off the side of a building. I can barely run up my stairs without tripping. So, I mean, it definitely showed what all of these guys are capable of. Um, you know, I see Justin in the comments saying it reminded him of the rush hour fight and that is hundred percent accurate. Yeah. You know, with, just seeing Chris Tugger screaming and Jackie Chan's just, you know, cool as can be about it. But yeah, I mean, you know, the the death dealer flying out and just jumping off at things with, you know, no regard for their life and, and to see, you know, Ling come back and save them, you know, after she had stormed off and was like, Nope, I'm done. You guys are on your own. And then to see
0: her come back was pretty cool. So it was great. Alex, anything on the scaffolding fight scene we didn't touch on?
3: Um, just the the i don't know if the word's flexibility but like the fact that him and his sister like that bit where his sister catches katie was amazing but then from there where she just like the music kind of swells again and she just starts jumping back up to like go meet him and so then they're both you know jumping around and flipping and just like anthony said i would have tripped as katie going out the window and i (laughs) would have been it for me at that point so very impressive i also love the bit i don't know if it's CGI or what, but when Death Dealer first comes out and his head pops down upside down and he like looks around a little bit and then grabs the thing from her, it looked fake, but at the same time it looked so cool. Like I don't know what it was. That was the moment when I was like, Oh, Death Dealer's a badass. Mm-hmm. Like something about the way that it just it was like he was crawling on the wall or something. And he looked like Spider-Man almost.
0: It bums me out how he goes out later, like later in the film, know, like it really it's does. it's it's over, like it's mm-hmm. super super over. Well, Jalen, we're gonna move on. Not a threat. <laughs>
2: right
0: not only do we get the return of one of my favorite characters in the MCU in Trevor Slattery, but we get his chicken pig friend, who is not a hallucination, is <laughs> very happy to learn. We get the character of Morris and Jalen. I know you love Morris and you love Trevor.
1: I know, I love them both. I'm. I should have brought my Morris plushie down with me, but I I left him upstairs. Sorry. Uh, No, I want a real life Morris in my life. (laughs) Like he's just so cute. He looks so fluffy, so soft. And I just, I love his, his chemistry with, with Trevor, how Trevor knows what Morris is saying and (laughs) just the whole, when they're driving in the car and he's like, Talking and then he's like, "Go right," and then keeps talking and then he's like, "Go left." It's just it's perfect. <laughs> the perfect Tra- dynamic is Trevor Slattery and a
0: he says theory. thing that's
1: not even there.
0: <laughs> the fact that Trevor like kind of understands it, but my favorite gag from the whole Trevor and Morris thing is is he's ninety percent sure. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh 19 like, percent. So funny,
1: so funny,
0: <laughs> and it cracks me up every single time. But the conversation that Trevor has with the rest of the group in the car of the planet of the apes and the monkeys riding horses and that's why he became an actor is is so funny and it gets funnier every time you watch it but i i mean i love i love trevor slattery so much and uh alex how about you trevor and morris they are a gift that just keeps on giving yeah
3: and i don't know there's always you know marvel always tries to throw a gag person in a movie it always feels like there's that one person that's like They're the butt of all the jokes. They're the one that we try, and and so when we first see him, I did. I was like, oh, is this gonna be? But every single line of his just hit. Like every single one of them was funny. Even that Planet of the Apes one. I I was dying. But then it was like, oh, so this is the gag. But then Katie uses that to be like, you know, you're so right. Like you thought your whole life. Like she was able to find that in her whole storyline. So I was just like every time he spoke it wasn't as a gag it was like he was just being himself and it played into the storyline so i thought that was brilliant that they were able to put him in for as long as they did i think my, my favorite lines of his were when they're driving and she's he's like we got to be in the bucket and they' like, she's like where's way win it right now and then, uh, <laughs> and then
0: the one at the end when he's like now get down here and play
3: along <laughs> those are my two favorite lines of his but yeah everything is just so golden
0: from him had they killed him off, I would have lost my mind the, when he was laying on the ground. Oh, yeah. But then Morris like walks up to him like, all right, we're good. And then Morris just rolls over on his back. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. man, it's so good. But Trevor Slattery from Liverpool. Like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> sure. you used your gift to cripple the entire U S government, but that's okay. Like, man, it's so funny. But Anthony, how about you with Trevor and Morris? Yeah, same thing. He was great. You know, he's
2: just, he's always on even when he's not. And you know, like when they were in the car and they were screaming, they're like, ah, what was this? Kid? 10 meters. And then, how close is that? 10 meters. I don't know what that means. Like, it's close.
0: Man, I, I love Morris, or I yeah, I love Trevor and Morris so much. But they go to Talo, where Morris is from. And our introduction to Talo is Trevor simply looking and saying, that's a really weird horse. Like, just. And he asked, why you- is he staring at me? Yeah. (laughs) The entire, like this mythical land and it's broken up by Trevor Slattery being confused why the horse is looking at him and why it looks the way that it (laughs) does. But Anthony, the, the entire mythical village of Talo, what timeline does it live in? All that kind of stuff that we could really bog down the conversation with. I just simply want to talk about how cool Talo is and how cool those lion guardian things are. Oh yeah. It was beautiful. I mean,
2: and you know, just to as many dark scenes as we have is, you know, The some of the scenes when he was a kid, you know, with his mom and the scaffolding fight and the fight club. And then you get these bright, vibrant sets, just like, you know, the fight between Wenwu and his future wife. And then you see Talo and how just beautiful it is and all the scenery and, you know, just the the montage of Katie training and him training. And it was just just gorgeous, just beautiful place.
0: Honestly, when the biggest part of disbelief i have to just put aside when i watch this film is how hard it was for for trevor and shang chi and and Jai ling and katie to get to talo and then when wu shows up with like a massive army of like 48 trucks and it's just like okay like it was really hard to get here and then you've got a whole army of trucks but whatever like it's fine well, he, he knew how he to had it. the map well yeah but isn't the trees like still shifting i don't uh, know like
3: the the whole trick was it was like in three days everything aligns and so it'd be like all the trees align and you could just drive through it but uh, except that time they're constantly
0: moving so, okay. that's so, why hades, had to so basically hades opening up the the titans and in, in hercules yeah yeah all yeah. right fair enough all right well go ahead alex tallow what- <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i thought it was great too um, I'll echo
3: what you guys said. I guess to add, I liked the, I liked that. I loved, you know, again, a very easy moment where we're going to go to Tallow. We're sneaking away from everyone, and then you know something happens and they don't make it. And y- you never really think that, but it was like Trevor was a very reliable guide, or I guess Morris was, and they made it there just fine. But even then, it was like. They just are slowly driving in this razor fist vehicle, like through the water and all this <laughs> stuff. And it all worked. They got there like there was not a single issue. And then we get to see all the cool animals. I love the nine tails fox or nine tailed fox. That was great. Uh, but yeah, the rest of it was cool. I also love going back to that. Marvel's the assembled episode. Uh, it felt a lot like this was kind of a Hobbiton in a sense of the kind of New Zealand set of where they just created Talo on the side of a field. And they showed how like every, what was it? It was a bit where uh, Ben Kingsley was saying like every little tile, there's like jade tiles on the ground that you would not, you can't notice. You wouldn't even see it in the movie yet. We as actors can see that. And it helps. Oh yeah. When, when he that. knew
2: and he was talking about how they weren't even going to film in
0: there. But yeah, exactly. The and I was just and, like, uh, that's yeah. so
3: cool to me. That, that That is the level of detail that
0: deserves an Oscar. The man mm-hmm. Pete McDevitt is here. Thanks for joining us, Pete. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, that that assembled episode, honestly, I think it's my favorite of all okay. the assembled episodes. They just yeah, I really like the WandaVision one. I know that'll surprise absolutely nobody in our audience, but <laughs> you know, like, I think I think this assembled one, especially talking into how much special effects they had to do remotely because of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really interesting stuff. Jalen, before we move on to the post-credit scene and kind of wrap up, what were your thoughts on Talo, especially the great protector? And it's fight against the dweller in darkness.
1: Uh, I was not expecting that.
0: Super mythic. <laughs> and it was, it, again, uh,
1: yeah. It, it was. I mean, it, it worked really well. Um, but I, it came as a complete surprise that there was an evil dragon thing behind this wall, whatever you want to call it. That can um, sound,
0: that can sound like anything that it needs. Yeah, to Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, that was that was totally unexpected. But I. I loved it. And I want to visit Talo. I want it to be real. I want to go there. It looks so pretty. And I want to cuddle with those nine tailed foxes because they were so cute.
3: On
0: a Southwest <laughs> flight to get there. Yes. <laughs> says, Where is the assembled episode for Hawkeye? I believe that comes out February 9th. Uh, it was supposed to come out last week and then it got pushed back. So it's coming out February 9th. And then I think we're getting one for... Eternals, Mm -hmm. like the next week or something. I think they're both coming out in February. So we're getting um, Hawkeye assembled on February 9th, and I think February 16th for the assembled Eternals. I really don't think we're going to get an an assembled for No Way Home, and I desperately desperately need that to be included Mm -hmm. on the special features or something, because I just need to see certain people walking on set for the first time. Uh, So let's talk about um, actually real quick, Alex, I want to give you a chance to talk about it went super mythical with the Great Protector. And and the Dweller in Darkness, very different from an MCU standpoint. They actually pride themselves on being fairly grounded within a real-world aspect to an extent. They threw all that out the window, and I think it still really, really worked. Oh, 100%. And I, I was trying to remember, I was going to ask, like, did, did any of you
3: try to guess who the dweller in darkness was before you found out who it was like i'm trying to remember if i thought it was anyone else because i'm like oh man like you see the claw in the drawing or the the kind of statues on the side and i was just like is that a marvel character like i have no idea and even when it came out i was racking my brains like is this and and maybe it's like some minor character but i just love that they were like you know what swing for the fences we're in Talo. nothing here matters like we're living outside of time and space bring a giant dragon and bring a giant you know creature and it was so cool that they did that like again this is this is an origin movie when you compare this to what happened in iron man or what happened in the first captain america movie like so much happens in this and there's so much world building at one time it's just it's crazy
2: i'm just gonna assume that in iron man falcor is flying around somewhere from the never-ending story <laughs> yes, that's yes, just that's head <laughs> canon. <laughs> <out there. laughs> He's on the other side of the clouds when uh, Tony's
0: out flying for the first time talking to Rody <laughs> And Alex did mention Hobbiton. Just get ready for the rings of power in September 2nd of 2000 okay. of this year. Like Earth's Mighty's Weirdos takes on Lord of the Rings, maybe because I <laughs> for that show. Um, all right. So let's talk about let's talk about the post credit scene. Alex, let's start with you. First post credit scene, we get Wong pulling Shang-Chi and Katie out of the bar. He's going to Venmo his friends for the drinks And we find out that even Wong has no clue what these these rings are, but they've got a beacon and he's talking to a fully human Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers with long hair. So a decent amount of time has passed at this point. We don't – I think this is the MCU's plan. We don't know exactly where – everything's just simply present day now. We don't need to know exactly where everything fits in. I'm cool with it. But Bruce Banner, Carol Danvers, we have no idea. Anthony, where do you think the 10 rings – Come from? I honestly thought we might have gotten something in Eternals, and I don't think we did. Nothing, at least that that screamed out to me. Do you have any interest where the Ten Rings are from, and where do you think they'll pop up next?
2: Um, I don't know, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> I did, <laughs> um, I did watch Eternals the other night with my wife for the first time, and she asked, and she's just kind of a casual Marvel fan, and she kind of looked at me. She goes, "the the rings that Fastest makes, you know, yeah. for the Eternals to for the the Unimind," and she goes. Is that the Ten Rings from Shang Chi? I kind of looked at her. I was like, "It? No, it's not. It's, it's not." I like. I knew in my mind it wasn't, but for for a casual fan, i not really necessarily know. I was like, "I mean, that was a pretty solid, solid guess there." Um, but no, I mean, I have no idea. Um, I love, <laughs> I love how Carol just pulls a Batman and just like, oh, "I gotta go by." <laughs> Bruce can just give you know, me give my, my number. number. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have her number. She just does that. Um I'm curious you know and hopefully we do see at some point the other half you know we see carol talking to them and then whatever happens that pulls her away we get to see so then we we kind of you know figure out where the timeline everything goes on um I did enjoy her with the long hair yeah mm-hmm. um
0: but yeah I have no idea I'm the couldn't fact, tell you the fact that the sorcerer supreme has enough time to go out karaoke that really works well for me alex any theories on where the 10 rings come from or the next time we see them
3: yeah i well my bet when i saw it was the eternals i and i didn't know i would say my money is now on fastos but at the time i just was like oh they're saying it's you know oh he had him for a thousand years well it's older than that and the only thing i can think of that's older than that is the eternals and so i, I think we even talked about that at one point of like what's the math on that and it's like oh well Maybe it wasn't even one of Earth's Eternals. Maybe it was an Eternal from another planet that came mm-hmm. and visited and left it behind. Like, we have no idea, but they just, they look Eternal. And so I, I don't know beyond that, but I, I'm very curious. And yeah, with with the whole revelation of Wong, I think that the scene is like a nexus point. And, and not in the sense of like, what, what, just in the sense of the MCU. I think yeah. we're going to find that this, this moment is like current day MCU of like, Bruce Banner being the way that he is, that's something from She-Hulk. Captain Marvel doing what she's doing, that's from the Marvels. And then Wong doing what he's doing, that's probably Multiverse of Madness. Or, or, you know, he's slowly starting to assemble the new Avengers, so to speak. So, like, I think that scene, you don't really realize it right away, but I think that's going to reveal a lot of things going
0: forward. I just get all sorts of giddy when Bruce says, welcome to the circus. Like, I just, (laughs) I I love that. I love it so, I love it so much. Uh, Jalen, how about you? Are you, any theories? You're just excited to see him again whenever it happens.
1: Yep, I'm excited. I got no theories because I'm not that smart to think <laughs> where they can show up next. Um, but I am excited and hopefully we learn why and how Bruce is back to being Bruce. But his arm is still in a sling. So I want to know more about that and hopefully we find out more in She-Hulk.
0: I would have to assume that that's going mm-hmm. to come up at some
1: because, yeah, that was a big, that was another big surprise. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to see him or Carol at the end of that movie, but I'm
2: now, now it doesn't seem like the time Marvel's just going to gloss over some details.
1: <laughs> right. Be yeah, like, oh, like, we just the, forgot to the
0: Professor Hulk. We just forgot to make him the, we just forgot <laughs> to make him green. Right. Well, it's amazing with how confusing that scene is that for me, it's the least confusing of the two, because I have no idea what to make of the second credit scene. Mm-hmm. Is Jalen Jailen friend or foe at this point? What do you think?
1: She seems foe to sure. me. Just the way she goes and sits on that chair just has like a evil vibe to it. But I don't think she's going to be like the next big bad villain of the next Shang-Chi movie. But I think I think there's going to be something there because she went there and Chung chi thinking she went there to shut down the 10 rings. That's, but, that's that
0: is. She but she but said she's shut not. Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's still going. But I mean, she has both men and women training together. But there's I feel like there's something there. they just the, like I said, just the way she sat on that chair just had that powerful vibe to it.
0: And a lot more technology than Wen Wu had. She's mm-hmm. using the internet to for whatever cause that she's using the internet for. It says the ten rings will return. My bet is armor wars would be the most logical sense of when the ten rings will return. I really don't know, but if we like I'm far more interested in Jiling being a foe because I think she's a very capable villain, mm-hmm. um, especially with, with the ten rings behind her. I'm very, very interested in that. I all of a sudden don't want the Ten Rings to become, like, I don't know, like the Red Cross or something where they're trying to do good around the world, like, secretly. I really don't. I I think the Ten Rings, the Armor Wars makes the most sense for me. Alex, what do you think here, friend or foe?
3: Um, I hope friend, uh, foe, I wouldn't mind either. As long as we get to see more of her, I think that, you know, and I don't know if it had any bearing on it cause they're brand new comics, but in, in the current Shang-Chi comic right now, he took over the 10 rings from his father. Uh, and it's, it's all kind of different in the comics, but his whole thing is like, he's trying to change the 10 rings from the inside. And I don't know, I wouldn't say she's doing the exact same thing, but I could see her saying like, well, I'm not going to, there's no reason to stop this, right? Like, It was a good thing going. I can infuse my own power into this to make it something even better. And then, yeah, maybe she bumps into The thing I always thought was, like, I would love to see a, like, 10... the, The fights of all of the underground teams. So you've got, like... The Ten Rings, The Hand, uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of other ones, but like they've been mentioned all over. Some people from Madripoor, like there could be a really cool fight sequence with all of those. But regardless, regardless I was going to say, too, I, she sits on the chair the exact same way her father sat on the chair, which yeah. I thought was a, like a really cool call out. And she looks like a total badass. So I'm, I'm hoping for it. I'm excited either way, though. I'm
0: here for her. You talk about that fight between all those people. I am just picturing the fight from Anchorman. Like, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. If there's not a Trident, then just don't even do it. <laughs> do you think Armor Wars is as likely as anything the next time we see the 10 Yeah, games? that would be my money, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what about you? Do you expect her to be a foe as well? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't really have
2: much of anything new to add from the, the two of them. But, yeah, I, I totally forgot Armor Wars was even a thing, to be honest with you.
0: Oh, man. Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home set up Armor Wars more than we can even fathom at this point, I think, as well. So, with Stark yeah. Industries and, and uh, everything. Well,
2: isn't there like 31 projects
0: currently in development? 31. And we saw some, if you really care, there is, they, we know they're filming Secret Invasion now. We don't know when Secret Invasion is going to come out, um, but there's some stuff going on with Secret Invasion. There's 31 projects in development at Marvel Studios, which is a that's crazy. That means, yeah, that's how many crazy. comic books are in development? Obviously, more than thirty-one, but it still feels like that's what they're tr- they're churning out movies like they would a forty-five. Comic, comic books, books, yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We did it almost within the hour. If it weren't for Moon Knight, we would have done a full spoiler <laughs> review. Granted, it's been out for a few months. Most of the audience has seen it, so we don't have to tiptoe near as much. Mm-hmm. But Jalen, thank you so much for joining us. Anything else? Anything that you need to plug at all?
1: I got nothing. I'm excited for just whatever Marvel gives us.
0: Jalen is working with Enchanting Escapes by Lori, planning out her first trip to Walt Disney World and, more importantly, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So, yes, can't wait. Jalen, <laughs> Alex, anything going on in the world of comics and cinema? Um, Yeah, there's
3: there's always something brewing. We've got uh, we just put out our top movies and top TV of 2021 episodes, along with uh, the comic book episode of the month this month, which was around the X-Men comics that are current. So the Hellfire Gala and uh, X-Men Trial of Magneto. So that's currently what's going on. I think next one we're going to be recording is top anime of uh, 2021, something like that. But uh, yeah, it's been going good so far.
0: I wonder why you didn't ask me to join that one. Anthony, how about you? <laughs> Anything going on? Uh, no, just uh,
2: hopefully planning a trip to see all three of you guys at Halloween Horror Nights, at
0: Universal sometime this year. So, Cannot wait for Halloween Horror Nights. Earth Mightiest Weirdos, we are planned out for quite a while. Next week, Alex will be back joining us along with Robert and at least one more guest. We don't know exactly who it's going to be yet. We're going to be talking about the Marvel One-Shots That are now all on disney plus you can find them under the marvel tab on disney plus give those a watch we're going to talk about those they're a lot of fun february 7th we're going to talk about the projects that were at least in development at some point at marvel studios that just were never made what were some of the things that we like there? valentine's day we're going to talk the best of the relationships within the mcu that one's going to be a lot of fun we still don't know what we're going to do at the end of february um, but then in march we're going to do mcu madness what does that mean i don't know But I'm going to figure it out. We're going to have an MCU madness from Phases 1, 2, 3, and 4 throughout the month of March. Then we've got Moon Knight. And on Monday, May 9th, mark your calendars, we will be talking Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. A lot happening within the MCU for comics and cinema. We'll see you at the movies, I believe. And for Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, for the children.